Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles, and we are going to break down the week one matchup with Buffalo. The Huskies came out with a loss to the Buffalo Bulls and a final score of 49-30. to It was a hard-fought game. There's a lot to think positively going forward about this Huskies team. Showed a lot of fight. There was some talent on the offensive side that def- that was definitely able to showcase themselves. And there was a lot of talent on the defensive side that played well today. There was quite, I would say, there was three or four plays that you can look back on and define this game. And Coach Hammock even touched on it in the postgame press conference uh, with his opening statement, kind of saying, you know, you can't spot a good team, especially a team that, you know, is predicted to win the conference 21 points. So if you look at the two fumble recoveries and the interception, and you subtract those from the game. Not saying the Huskies would have won, but could have been a lot different. Ethan, I know you had a long day, but you absolutely crushed it out there, my guy. How was your day? First experience up there in the press box as well at the NIU football games. Yeah, uh, obviously tough day. Um, obviously got the call right before kickoff that my grandpa passed away from COVID, uh, so that's tough. Um, but, you know, being able to see live sports and live NIU football definitely made things a little bit better. So um, tough loss, obviously, at the end of the day. But like you said, there's a lot of things to be positive about because at the end of the day, I, I really do think that three turnovers cost NIU this football game. I think that those drives that they turned the ball over on the Ross Bowers fumble and then the two fumbles following that really hurt their chances at winning that football game. I mean, NIU had the, all the momentum going in. I know you and I both said that going into the second half. And for Buffalo to just annihilate NIU in that third quarter was an absolute killer. But there's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of promise on this football team. And there was a lot of big plays to even out, you know, those negative ones. Yeah, and like you said, you know, we stepped out to just take a break real quick from the press box at halftime, and we walked outside, and I'm like, look, dude, they're down, what was it? It was five points, I think, at the half with the missed two-point conversion, which ended up not really being a factor at the end of the game. That was one thing I was going to ask, especially if the game came down to being a close game. But one thing I want to say first and foremost, non-football related, your grandpa would have been proud of you for the work that you put in tonight, and he definitely would have been happy to see that you were out there, especially given the circumstances of this year, still doing what you love and chasing after that dream. So my hat's off to you for that. But on the topic of this loss, Ethan, you brought up all the great points. I mean, at the end of the day, like the offense was able to move the ball. They controlled the time of possession. And I, you had the ball for, I believe, the last time I checked, which was in the middle of the fourth quarter, it was at least 33 to 20. So they had the ball for a, a substantial amount longer than Buffalo. They had the momentum. And like you said, that third quarter really was just a killer quarter. They they had a rough first quarter, but the defense found a way to bounce back. They were able to stop uh, Jarrett Patterson and Antonio Nunn for the most part in that second quarter until the uh, breakaway 56-yard run, I believe it was. But, I mean, I, I looked up at the TV and the stats the stat read two fumbles in 45 seconds. And those two fumbles resulted in 14 points and then obviously later on in the quarter we had the interception return for a touchdown uh that ultimately put the game out of reach I mean I think Buffalo's biggest lead in this game was 28 points and it was really deflating because 
after the Jordan Hansen interception and the late Cole Tucker touchdown in the first half, I really thought there was a real opportunity for them to win this game. And sloppy football and a turnover margin that finished with 4-1, to one, it's very hard to find a way to win that football game, regardless of how much talent you have on the team. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that they all were avoidable, too. Obviously, uh, the Bowers fumble is just a weird play in itself. I think, you know, watching it live and seeing, I think that really was the first kind of like real experience to see a live football game again and seeing that. And it was almost like that real instant or slow-mo instant play where it's like you see the ball going down and then he picks it up and runs it back. And uh, definitely tough to watch, you know, from the, the NIU perspective. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's all avoidable mistakes, mistakes that can be fixed. You know, we all know these guys will get back tomorrow. They'll get back to work. Coach Hammock will get back to work with these guys. And we all know the coaching staff. We know these guys in the locker room. And we know that they know this game was not the hard way. This was not the way NIU plays football. And I think next week we're going to see a different team. Yeah, and that's one thing Tyrese Ritchie, our guy, talked about after the uh, after the game in the post-game press conference. He said, you know, we'll get back to work on Thursday, and we got to be better next week. That's someone who had an absolute breakout game. He had nine catches for 106 yards, ended up being career highs for him in both categories. He led the NIU receiving core in receptions and yards. And the emergence of Trayvon Rudolph today, I mean, let's talk about a guy that most people that are casual NIU fans did not know who this guy was maybe a month ago. He got his scholarship from, you know, he, he moved on from a walk-on player to a scholarship player, starting kick returner and a starting receiver. He had two 28-yard catches today. The kid absolutely balled. Uh, on the kick return, I think he had well over 200 yards. I'm going to say, obviously, you know, Buffalo scored a lot of points, but the kid was running them back for like 30, 40 yards a pop. And one thing I actually said to Ethan before the game is last year with NIU, we didn't see a lot of returns. We didn't see a lot of kick or punt returns, a lot of fair catches. It was great to see Coach Hammock with two guys in Jiren Mitchell and Trayvon Rudolph back there trusting them, and they made it happen. And one thing I said to you, you know, in the second quarter was they started with great field position on a lot of their drives. Absolutely. I mean, it helped that Buffalo's punter was not the greatest tonight. I obviously, uh, the field position was a huge benefit for Northern Illinois. And I, I tweeted that out a bunch of times. And I want to go back to, to Trayvon Rudolph. And I know I tweeted it out and you and I both kind of talked about it during the game, but he is going to take one back to the house this year. I mean, there were holes there and it was one or two tackles away from him just breaking one off. And I really do think that he is going to be a dangerous return man for this football team going forward. Yeah, and he was all smiles in the in the postgame presser, but he also said at the end of the day, he's got to be better. Um, well, he said, I've got to be better. I don't think he had to be better. I think there was, you know, for the first game playing on the college level, fresh out of high school, 18, 19 years old, the kid absolutely came to play today and someone that we're going to be excited to see over the next few years. But one thing I really want to talk to you about uh, is the running game. So, a lot of different carries. Uh, if I look at it correctly, with the three running backs all receiving, uh, Rondarius with the low with the low at nine, Aaron Collins had 16, and Harrison Whaley, who actually had 13 for 70 yards and had the most yards and the highest average among the running backs. But on top of that, 
Tyrese Ritchie carried the ball today. Rodney Thompson carried the ball and scored a touchdown. Andrew Haydick carried the ball and scored a touchdown as well. Only once. It was just a one yard, a little scamper. And then uh, Ross carried the ball. It wasn't very successful for Ross today. And one thing that I think they really kind of should have leaned on in the first half, I saw that there was several times where they're running read options or, or certain plays where the defensive ends are crashing because they know the NIU wants to run the ball. And if Ross is able to pull and just get five, eight yards of pop, similar to how we see Ian Book do it at Notre Dame, I think that could have been very beneficial for that first quarter when they weren't able to move the ball. But as an offense, I, aside from the turnovers, I really wasn't too disappointed with their performance. I think they played a good game on offense outside of the turnovers, but obviously throwing the turnovers into the mix, you see the score was catastrophic to the success for that team in this game. I think too, the turnovers, like I know it's obviously going back to it, but I really think that those were the killers because at times during drives that NIU would sustain and keep the ball, Ross was moving the ball down the field and he was connecting with receivers. And when he would get in rhythm, it was a successful drive. And I really just, it sucks that those three plays in the third quarter changed the game so much because 49 to 30 is obviously, you know, 19 points. It was a lot wider of a gap in the third quarter, but either way, I think this score should be a lot closer or if you take a look at this 49 to 30 is a lot closer of a score than what the score represents and I really think that there's a lot of promise in there I think like I said if you're able to keep the drives rolling and you're able to move the ball down the field there were a lot of good throws tonight I do think that there were a lot of missed throws tonight too but for week one for what we saw 30 points out of you know I think we both went in thinking it was going to be a low scoring football game and here we are at 79 points yeah, um, that is a lot of points for an NIU game, considering the the slobber knockers that we saw. And obviously, it was such a gorgeous day out for football. It was like probably 65, maybe 60 degrees once the sun went down, but such a nice day. No rain, no sleet, nothing crazy. Um, and, and one thing, too, it was it was amazing, amazing, amazing to see how many people traveled to watch their kids, their grandkids. On our way out, we saw some Buffalo family members with, uh, you know, the jersey on, and we saw dad, mom, grandpa. We saw everything today, and it, it it just felt so great to be back at Husky Stadium. Obviously, we didn't get the win, but to be able to see somewhat of normalcy and what we've been craving and, and was a huge day for us as well because – at the end of the day, like this is something that we also want to do as a career. I know we're 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 covering people that want to get to the NFL. We want to get to the NFL of our so-called profession, whatever that may be. But this team has a lot of promise. They have a lot of young talent. We talked about it before. We tweeted it out. It, you know, seven starting freshmen in comparison to zero on Buffalo. I could not be more excited and more happy with the the way that this this team is trending. And the attitude and the grit of all those players on the team, because, Ethan, when I was looking at the score 42 to 16, I think we were both. Well, I don't think we were looking. I think we were facepalming at that point because we were like, how did this happen so fast? Like we had just got back up the elevator, just sat down, got the stop we needed, moving the rock. And then before we know it, it's like three possession game. What just happened? So I just think they got to get back to the drawing board. It's a very young team. There was certain situations where we're, see, you know, we're seeing 
very young freshmen just getting to college and obviously they earn their way out on the field but in situations you know being required to go out and cover you know Antonio Nunn in space and and Jarrett Patterson obviously was kept in check for the most part but that 56 yarder was a dagger but I talked to Nick Rattine about it after the game and and he said you know we had to make the adjustments on the fly that first drive we kind of came out sloppy and and they were able to expose us but from a defensive standpoint Aside from a few big plays, I really think they came to play today. I mean, if you look at it, obviously, even if they're not able to get scoop and scores, we'll assume Buffalo maybe scores 14 more points. Maybe not. That's that's kind of a tall task with the way they were playing. They alone. I thought, only, I thought the defense, I thought they picked up well in the second half. Yeah, like, yeah. I know you I and I talked say, about it after the game, too. You and I just talked they, about it. They really only gave up, what, 28 points in comparison to the 21 given up uh, by the offense on turnovers then, correct? They put up 21 in the third and seven in the fourth. So they only gave up seven more points, right? Or what? Yeah, because the three tur- the three touchdowns in the third were all uh, defensive touchdowns. Right. So they gave up seven points. The defense gave up seven points after giving up 21. So, I mean, realistically, Honestly, you're looking they gave at up a- 14 after the first because wasn't it 14? It was 14 3, correct? After yeah. The- yeah. yeah. So, 14 3. So, yeah, they gave up 14. So 28. Coach, Coach Jackson, if you're listening, Way to adjust on the fly. Way to take a bad first quarter and turn it into a great rest of your game. But I'm sorry for interrupting. Go ahead, Rob. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you, you have the opportunity there to win that football game. And three plays defines this football game. Like I said, you're breaking this down. Three defensive touchdowns from Buffalo changes that football game. Obviously, no points in the third quarter out of the offense is, you know, in light of that. But you obviously can't speculate. Hindsight is 20-20. But at the end of the day, you break down that score and you take away those defensive touchdowns. It It's a 30 to 28 football game in NIU's favor. So I, I think we're all saying the same things here. It's week one after a crazy offseason. You didn't know if these guys were going to play. It's tough that it's six games and each game counts much more. But there is such a big window for this team to go five and one, four and two, still be above 500. Yeah, and I think the way they described it, most teams will be available to play in a bowl game. The way this team competes, I would want to see them play in a bowl game, regardless of record. I think very realistic possibility that they can still go four and two, five and one. This team came to play today. Um, and even after a tough first quarter and, and not really being able to find his rhythm with uh, quarterback Ross Bowers, Cole Tucker was able to haul in a touchdown. He had uh, three receptions for 29 yards on the day. And one guy that they weren't really able to get involved in the offense that we would like to see a little bit more of. I know they took a really aggressive shot at, I think it was the field goal drive at the, in the first quarter, but uh, Daniel Crawford would like to see him get involved in the offense a little bit more. Uh, He's a bruiser. He's a guy that you need to just give him the ball and a little bit of space and he'll make a couple people miss. And I'm not talking about juking. So would like to see him get involved more, but from the young receiving core that we have in place, Trayvon Rudolph, very excited to see the way he's going to play down the stretch. Fabian McRae had a nice 34-yard catch today, obviously. Uh, didn't get as much playing time as some of the other receivers. So on a shortened or sample size, great to see a uh, stretch play like that. And even our guy, Billy, Do- uh, Billy Dozier, they uh, they had him not necessarily open in the end zone, but he had a chance uh, to get a touchdown there late. Trayvon had a chance to get one late as well. There was a lot of positives, and I really just don't want to see Husky Nation panic because 
it was a little bit ugly at times. But for a majority of the game, Ethan, I think the word that describes it best is that is that momentum. They had the momentum. They controlled the time of possession. They were controlling the line of scrimmage for the most part. I mean, the defense was getting a lot of penetration and getting into the backfield and getting after Patterson. I think we are the jinx guys. We should have knocked on wood after we both tweeted, like, they're doing a pretty good job at holding Patterson in check because that's when he uh, he busted loose. But he finished the day with yeah, was- 20 for 143, and, and he got a 56-yarder, so... There was numerous times where I had the Twitter jinx. I think, like, right after I had tweeted something about Aaron, how Aaron Collins runs hard, and he does. I mean, he was a great runner tonight, was the fumble. So, sorry, Aaron, for jinxing you on that. I think there was one other time, too, where I – yeah, that same time I had said that they had kept uh, Jared Patterson in check, and then he breaks off that 56-yard run. So, maybe I'm the one to blame for this one? Nah. I think it was just overall a good football game. Buffalo is a hell of a team. We talked about that coming in, and that defense truly showed up tonight. You know, despite the 30 points, I think it was still a competitive football game. But one guy I wanted to talk about, you mentioned him, Antonio Nunn, man. He's a hell of a receiver. Yeah, that kid that kid ate his Wheaties this morning. He, uh, he plays a lot bigger than 5'11", too. And if you look at it, too, I mean – Aside from that first drive where I think it was, I don't remember exactly what the route was, but that guy ended up on the backside of the defense in between where the corner and the safety were, and there was no one within 15 yards of him. And it was tough to see some defensive breakdowns like that, but the ability to adjust on the fly. And, and I really I really did like a lot of Coach Hammock's play calling on the offensive side. Uh, there was only... I mean, I wrote a bunch of I wrote a bunch of notes down during the game, and there was only one that ended up being questionable in my book, and that was the draw play on third and ten with six minutes left in the half. But then I remembered we have a guy in Matt Ference that is literally the best punter in the country, and I'll die on that hill. So one guy we haven't talked about yet, but Matt Ference again, another great game. Had a couple fifty-yard bombs, a couple pins inside the twenty. Guy came to play, and then John Richardson, he hit a, a big field goal to cap off an early drive for NIU that they were able to uh, come away with some points. So everybody did their part in some way or another today, and it's tough. And I don't even want to go back to it because we are just absolutely killing a dead horse. But when you lose a game like that and you can look back at a certain a certain few plays as to why you lost and you know your team definitely exceeded expectations for the day, you have a lot to look forward to, and, and we're playing against a team in Central Michigan that their game came down to the wire against Ohio, and, and they have a high-powered offense that was somewhat held in check, so I feel like we definitely have our work cut out for us, but Ethan, I think, we, I think we've talked about it, and we've heard it in, in press conferences and through other media. This was the toughest game on our schedule, so it can only go up from here. Yeah, coming into town next week is a Central Michigan team that Squeaked by Ohio 30-27 to today. Daniel Richardson had a good day, 243 yards through the air, and Kobe Lewis ran for 112. So the defense is going to face another really good offense next week. They got to figure it out. I think one thing that – the thing that bugged me the most about the defense tonight was just the the lack of tackling. Like there was just so many missed tackles tonight, and I think that that attributes to you know the sloppy week one play that we've seen across college football. I think that that needs to be improved next week or Central Michigan could have their way with this defense. Yeah, and, and 
towards the end of the game when it was starting to get out of hand, we were pulling up some of the highlights and just all the crazy stuff that went on today in the action. And I got to say, like, I I love this conference, bro. It's always a wild card. There's always some crazy formations. Some uh, Akron started the game today with, what was it, an onside kick on the first drive. Everyone was laughing about it up in the press box. And even Coach Hammock. Coach Hammock tried an onside kick today. And if it takes a little bit of a less aggressive bounce, I think it was still a good place ball. But I think I think Richardson does the kicks. I could be wrong. Maybe it's Matt. I'll have to check on that. That's on me. But Trayvon Rudolph shot like a bat out of hell and was able to jump on the ball. But I think the speed that he jumped on the ball at and then obviously jumping on the ball is never the best thing to do. But in that situation, it's the only thing you can do. It squirted out of bounds and then it became a legal procedure. Or Buffalo started their drive at the 40. But I love the call there. I love the aggression. And in those games where you know you're kind of outmatched from a talent standpoint, you have to make those calls. And even though we lost today, I think Coach Hammett called a great game as well. So I do. I do think so, too. I think he established, or tried to establish the run early. The first drive obviously didn't go as well. I think uh, he, uh, Ross just missed Cole Tucker there on the left side on third down. But yeah, I think that the second drive out obviously was much better. I don't hate the play calling. I just like I think those three plays really changed the game. And it's unfortunate that it happened that way. But at the same time, you and I both know from from our past football experience, those three plays will not happen the next week. Yeah, I would expect a lot of fumble drills to be happening at practice this week. And and one thing, uh, not to alert Husky fans, but just that was kind of alluded to in the press conference, and you guys will get it when it gets released, but uh, one of the other media members asked, you know, was pulling Ross Bowers at the end of the game precautionary or... I guess you would say performance-based in it. He didn't, obviously he didn't say it was performance-based. Ross is our guy. We got nothing but love for him. But if you guys know Coach Hammock as well as we do or listen to, you know, kind of his his motto and the way he, he coaches is anybody's job is up for grabs at any time. You see in the way that he rewards uh, non-scholarship players with scholarships and stuff like that. So Ethan and I both talked about, I've, I would expect Ross Bowers to come in and be the starting quarterback for next week. Andrew and, and Rodney came in, in in the third and fourth quarter, and they were able to put together drives that, that finished in touchdowns. But I think at the end of the day, um, Ross Bowers is our QB1, so I don't want uh, fans to kind of jump the gun or, or feel any type of way about the end of the game. But also, too, in that and sense— I don't even I, think Ross played a bad game. I don't either. I think he played a great game as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, fumble, the fumble and the pick, you, you know, you wish you I had those two back. The fumble gets magnified, though. I think the fumble yeah. gets magnified due to the other turnovers. I think if you're looking at that single play and, okay, that's the only turnover, so you yeah, don't get those two fumble, other fumbles, you're not talking down. about this. Yeah. I, I think Ross is fine. I think the job is fine. Yeah, Andrew hated. Hey, came in. He, you know, what do we always say? Come in, make the best of the opportunity, right? He did that. I think that this team has the depth that we've talked about since we started this, since we came into this season. The depth is there. Ross Bowers, like you said, a quarterback is a tough spot to just, you know, replace someone. We've seen it with the Bears. You know, I think the Bears kept Trubisky on on a longer leash. And, you know, obviously the decision was made to go with Nick Foles. And obviously you're looking at a 16-game season compared to a six-game season. But at the end of the day, Ross earned the job. And like I said, I don't think he played a bad game today. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought up the depth comment. So Coach Emick talked about that towards the end of his, you know, statement about that question was 
it's a COVID year. You have to make sure everyone's prepared. So I think in that situation, especially given the circumstances that we were down 28, Ross was 17 on uh, 17 to 28 on the day with a QBR of 126. It was a lot higher before that late pick. And then he had a 60.7% completion percentage, which is pretty good. Uh, touchdown and a, a long of 28, I think, two times to our guy Trayvon Rudolph. And then he was only sacked twice. So one thing that we talked about, going into this matchup was those defensive ends and, and and the blitzing linebackers from Buffalo. There was only three sacks given up and Rodney Thompson, I think was the one late in the game. And now that we're late in the podcast and it's, it's been a very long day. Now that I think of it, there was five turnovers for NIU and they were able to come away with two because they got that fumble late in the game, but still three turnovers on the turnover differential, which is pretty insurmountable to come back from in one game. But I'm just excited for next week, man. I mean, this game is behind us. We are huge 24-hour rule guys. I'm sure everyone in that locker room is, you know, licking their chops. They know they left a golden opportunity to go out there and and prove to the MAC that they're one of the teams that can be in contention. And just because we lost today doesn't mean we won't be in contention. So don't get down on this team. Trust the process. Trust the coaching. Trust the players that we have in place. And remember, too, we may have a lot of freshmen now. But with the experience that they're gaining this year, and they're going to get an extra year of eligibility because of it, come three, four years, this team's going to be winning Mac, winning back-to-back Mac championships. If you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely, I think this. We've said it the entire night, and I think that it should stick with a lot of our our listeners, and the team knows it too. How good they can be, and the potential is there. I think that this team is just still young, and they're still learning, and. I think tonight was a really good learning experience. And like you said, I'm excited to see what this team does over the course of a week. And we get back to Husky Stadium next week. Yeah. And one final note, uh, obviously late in the fourth quarter, there was a fumble that really was not a fumble. It should have been whistled dead in the end zone. Harrison Way Lee was tackled at the one. The ball popped out when he hit the ground. Buffalo defender scoops it up. And Messiah Travis just lays this dude out just chops him down like a tree. But I believe the way he led was, it was his shoulder. Coach Hammock said later it was his shoulder. I think he just got the wind knocked out of him because he hit him so hard. But he was in good spirits uh, when Coach and the team got back to the locker room. There will be further updates on his health moving forward. But obviously, he the injury at the time looked a lot more severe than it was. But that's a kid that has a bright future, and he laid it all out on the line literally for the team in that moment. So shout out to him for giving a, giving a hell of an effort tonight out there on the field. Yeah, good to see him walk off under his own power, too. And, um, you know, I had made sure that the question was asked right away with uh, Coach Hammock to, you know, get his, his status and his health. And just glad to see he's okay. And it was a that was scary. I knew there wasn't a lot of people in the crowd, but. You know, it was pretty silent when he was laying on the ground there, and it was good to see him walk up and uh, be able to walk off under his own power. Yeah, I was a little shocked at at you know when you see whenever you see a player's arms in the air and they're not moving, it's a very scary sight. But it was great to see him get up and get out of there and walk off on his own power. Who do you have for your offensive and defensive players of the game? And we will go ahead and get out of here for tonight. I think the offensive player of the game is a pretty common one. I got to go Tyrese Ritchie, but I want to give my honorable mention to Harrison Whaley. I mean, I think that that kid, talk about the potential that this team has. He is a tough runner. 
he showed it tonight. I mean, just another guy that stepped in and made the best of his opportunity. And I, and that running back group is just going to be so lethal when, you know, it clicks and, and the team is 100% because I, I nobody's 100% after week one. Once this team gets going, once this team can you know, maintain the ball and get longer drives going, things like that, it's going to be a dangerous group. On defense, I got to go Nick Ratton. You know, 10 tackles. He showed, uh, he showed up today. I think he's a guy that we talked about a lot in the offseason, a lot going into it. You know, we had him on a few weeks ago, and he's a player. Everyone on that defense is a player, and looking at the defensive numbers, you know, 10 tackles, five tackles from Lance DeVoe, five from Devin Lafayette. There's so many guys that you could go after, but at the end of the day, Nick Ratton's my pick. Yeah, and one thing we did not say, but we both kind of were thinking it and talked about it at the game, was all three running backs ran the ball very hard today. The offensive line did a good job. In most spots, obviously, they only allowed three sacks. Still a lot, not a lot of sacks, but you, you want to keep the quarterback's jersey clean. And they were going up against the number one pass rush in Buffalo in the MAC. So they held their own, definitely, from my standpoint. But from the offensive side of the ball, giving it to the young gunner. I'm giving it to Trayvon Rudolph. Obviously, we've talked a lot about him the last few weeks. Ever since he got the scholarship, he's been like the trending topic on that team. And he came to play today. A lot of lot of return yards in the special teams, and then those two big catches. He had one. He had a chance late to get a touchdown, a nice like thirty yard touchdown, and he was not able to come down with it. We can expect him to do that in the future and, and go ahead and come away with those those catches. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Lance DeVoe, the kid came to play. He was all over the place making tackles. He finished with five. He had a nice tackle for loss. But I want to give an honorable mention to Jordan Hansen. So Jordan Hansen had the interception and and late in the or late in the uh, in the second quarter, Buffalo ran this reverse that nobody stayed home on. Jordan Hansen came from the backside of the play and it wasn't a tackle for loss, but it was a very menial gain. So there's a lot to think positively about after this game. There's a lot to think negatively we're here to make you feel a little bit better about it. We got Central Michigan next Wednesday. That's another opportunity we can go out, get better as a football team, and potentially win. I mean, like we've stated and like most people have stated, this is a very talented Buffalo team. Let's go out there and fix the mistakes that we made this week and go out there and win a football game on Wednesday next week. Ethan, do you have any wrap-up thoughts for our listeners here today? Time to uh, regroup get back for a really good Central Michigan team. And I think based on the way that this game looked today, I think next week's going to be a fun game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're on to Central Michigan at this point. We'll get a uh, preview episode out to you guys. It'll be available Monday morning. A little bit of a schedule change. We're trying to get everything worked out. Bear with us. We appreciate everyone that was following the coverage from uh, our personal accounts and and the Twitter account this evening. Uh, we're going to try and, and get better at that. If you have any suggestions, tips, any critique, anything, we're open for it. We're a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies. We listen to our people, and we appreciate you listening for today. This was Huskies on Tap, presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. Stay tuned for future articles and podcasts, and go Huskies. Yeah. I got drink of living left in the kitchen with magic. I got drink of living left in the kitchen with magic. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me overcoming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. 
Hard away. Hard away. Jumping in hard.